Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let us turn in our Bibles to the book of Matthew, familiar verses to us all. Matthew 21, the triumphant entry. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with a colt by her, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. Very large crowds spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna, the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise? And he left them and he went out of the city to Bethany where he spent the night. May God give us understanding of his word. Amen. Just have a quick word of prayer before we begin. Father, we thank you for these verses. We can always learn something new, no matter how much we've read it and how many times we've heard the story. And teach us something new this morning through this message that we prepared. For each one of us here and those that are listening, wherever you may be, may we be tuned in. And may we be filled with the Spirit, because your word is spiritually discerned, to understand it. In Jesus' name, amen. I titled this message, Palm Sunday Prophecy Fulfilled. 
The prophet Zechariah had predicted this event, the first Palm Sunday, we now call Palm Sunday, some 450 years prior to Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem. And this is what Zechariah said, chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So it's incredible that that prophecy and all the prophecies of the Old Testament either have been fulfilled or will be fulfilled. Amen. That prophecy was fulfilled in every detail when Jesus rode into Jerusalem that first Palm Sunday and declared himself as the Messiah. Of course, we know what happened just a few days later. This event happened to the day. 483 years after the command was given by King Cyrus of Persia to the Jews who were in captivity in Babylon at the time to return and rebuild Jerusalem, just as Daniel the prophet had predicted. Know and understand this, from the time the word goes out to restore Jerusalem until the anointed one, who's that? Jesus. The ruler comes. There will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in much time of trouble. So we know when Nehemiah and the Jews went back, they had a lot of problems and a lot of oppression and a lot of difficulties rebuilding Jerusalem. But it got done, including the temple. Daniel specifically stated that 483 years would pass from the time the decree was given for the Jews to return to Jerusalem to when the anointed one would present himself to Israel. Who's the anointed one? Jesus, the Messiah. This happened that first Palm Sunday. It's a very important time in history and still is. After the Messiah's arrival in Jerusalem, Daniel said, the anointed one will be put to death. And we know that that that's exactly what happened on Good Friday when Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, would be rejected and crucified on a cross. Thank God that he did, amen. Thank God that he did. So the exact timing when Jesus rode on that fall of a donkey, which it was a donkey, but it was a young donkey, never been written before. That was a miracle in itself. You know, I told the story about that donkey I rode in Honduras. I don't need to have that bad memory uh, stirred back up in my brain again, but they're very stubborn, not just the mules. But this is a foal of a donkey, and it's completely wild. It's interesting, as I read that, you notice that Jesus told the disciples to bring the donkey's mother along as well. That's how much he cared. He didn't want the foal being separated from his mother. Compassionate, compassionate Jesus. Thoughtful, isn't he? Loving, kind. So anyway, the anointed one would be rejected. The exact timing when Jesus rode in on that donkey in Jerusalem. Down the Mount of Olives, from the Mount of Olives down through the Kidron Valley below, was on the 10th of Nisan. I'm not talking about the vehicle. Okay, Nisan, spelled differently anyway. In the Hebrew calendar. 
fact, the Jews are still celebrating the Passover this week, amen? All right, so what's the meaning of the sign? Thank you for these. Are these actual palms? These are actual palms. Thank you, Linda. And uh, I'm glad that you set those out to get set us in the mood for Palm Sunday. What's the meaning of the palms? Multitudes are gathered that day that we know to meet, greet the Messiah. They cut branches of palm trees. They laid them across Jesus' path. They also waved them in the air as he entered Jerusalem riding on that donkey. Now, palm branches were regarded as tokens of joy and triumph and were customarily used on festive occasions. Passover is a festive occasion that the Jews still celebrate today. Kings and conquerors were welcomed with these palm branches, being strewn before them. They usually rode in on a, on a horse, and the people would lay them down, strew them on the road, and they would be waving them, waving them. So the people of Israel greeted Jesus the same way that first Palm Sunday, but not as the spiritual Messiah whom he was, who would take away the sins of the world, which he has if we trust him and believe in him, receive him. He's taken away our sins. They didn't recognize him as that kind of person. They recognized him more as a political leader who would overthrow their Roman oppressors. That's what they were hoping. When they're talking about the king, they thought he was the king of Israel that would rule and reign, which one day he will, and expel their oppressors that dominated Israel and them and enslaved them virtually. So we know the people shouted, Hosanna, blessed, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. Now the word Hosanna, you probably know already, means save now, save now. And you need to know, if you don't know already, which you should, which I know most of you do, but there may be people listening, that only Jesus saves, because there's only one saviour, and his name is Jesus. In fact, his name means saviour. There is no salvation in any other for there is no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. So then Jesus enters into Jerusalem. He arrived when the Jews from all over the then known world, and we know that they were scattered, especially after AD 70, when the, the Jerusalem was sacked and the temple was completely destroyed, not one stone stood on another. There was, there was an absolute bloodbath and they were totally scattered. Prior to that, there were Jews all over the place. Remember, they'd been taken into captivity in Babylon. Some re remained behind. But most of them, if they didn't live there, they would come and celebrate the Passover, and which they do now. That's the third time I've said that. The spring... Thank God for spring. The Jewish spring festival, which commemorates the liberation of the Israelites from Egyptian slavery. They still celebrate this today. That's the fourth time, isn't it? Once inside the city, Jesus went straight to the temple. And then he overturned the tables of those thieving merchants who were wheeling and dealing. 
in the house of the Lord. Instead of worshipping the God that the temple was designed for. Now let's go back and learn a bit more about the Passover for those that don't know. And you may learn something new. The 10th of Nisan, I'm sure Paul knows about this. The 10th of Nisan was the exact date the people of Israel were commanded by Moses to choose a lamb from their flocks to be killed four days later on Passover. So the high priest, when Jesus went into that temple and overturned, overturned the, the tables of those thieving merchants, spying and selling and doves and everything, while Jesus was in the temple, the high priest would have been in the courtyard choosing the Passover lamb for the nation at the same time. Very interesting, very interesting. And according to Exodus chapter 12, Passover was it's a four-day event beginning on the 10th day of Nisan with the choosing of the lamb, not the slaughter of the lamb, the choosing of the lamb. And it ended four days later with the killing of the lamb on the 14th of Nisan. This event is still remembered annually by the Jews when the blood of the lambs were applied to the doorposts around the doors of their ancestors' homes to protect them from the final death plague in Egypt. Anyone entered into that house, don't matter who they were, whether it was an Egyptian, if they had the blood on the doorpost, the lintels around the doorpost, if there was blood applied, then the death angel would pass by. He would pass over. Amen? He would pass over. And the blood of Jesus, you know, because of his blood, his precious blood that was shed on the cross, God passes over our sins. He doesn't, he doesn't see sin in us anymore. He sees the blood, the blood of Jesus. Once we receive Jesus, we receive forgiveness of sins. Our sins are taken away. They're washed. We're washed. No sin whatsoever. As white as snow, God sees us. He doesn't see our sin anymore. He sees Jesus in us, who is without sin. The only one who's ever been born who's without sin. The blood painted around the, the doors of the enslaved Israelites would not only save their lives, but it would also bring them deliverance from their bondage, from Egyptian bondage. And 1,500 years later from that event, Jesus Christ would become the Passover lamb, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world to provide a means for deliverance from the bondage of sin and death by the shedding of his blood on the cross at Calvary. And not just for the Jews, but for everyone who believes in the sacrifice that he made on our behalf as sinners. 
to pay the penalty for the sins that we have committed, that we do commit, and that we will commit. Amen? Now, what's the future? We've learned about the past. But what of the future? Well, it's all in the book. It's all in the book. What's the future significance of these palms? Not these in particular, you know, because they... Jesus fulfilled the prophecy in every detail that first Palm Sunday on the 10th of Nisan. What about the future? After the future resurrection of the church, now the church is made up of born-again believers, amen? The future resurrection of the church. And at the end of the seven-year tribulation period that Jesus taught in Matthew 24, which is the final 70th week prophecy found in the book of Daniel, which we've been learning about. We've taken a break from the, the book of Daniel. Jesus will return for his church. And he will stand on the Mount of Olives. And he will enter Jerusalem just as he did 2,000 years ago on that first Palm Sunday. The prophet Zechariah proclaims, on that day, what day? When Jesus returns. On that day, his feet, who's he? On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives east of Jerusalem. Zechariah 14, 4. But the next time Jesus comes, he won't be riding on a donkey. He'll be riding on a white horse to be crowned king of kings and lord of lords. And then he will begin his rule of righteousness, just as the Old Testament prophets have declared. Daniel 7, 27. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints. Who are the saints? The children of God, born-again believers. Saints of the Most High. We're going to be ruling and reigning with Jesus when he returns. Whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Again, Daniel chapter 7, 27. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So let us conclude. Having listened to this message, I'd like to ask some questions to you that only you can answer. You don't have to tell me what they are. Just ask, you, ask yourself the same questions I'm about to ask you. Will you be there ruling and reigning and rejoicing with Jesus when he returns? Will you be there? Now, if you're saved and you know it, clap your hands now. <laughs> there you go. Good. Um, you'll be there. You'll be there. All right. Now, there's some people listening to this message on internet or wherever. They won't be because they're not saved unless they receive Jesus as their personal savior. So these questions really are for everyone. And it's either, the answer is either going to be in the, the affirmative or the negative. Will you go to heaven or hell? There is such a place. Will you go to heaven 
or will you go to hell when you leave this world, which we all surely will? Now listen, there's nothing more important in life than for you to know that you are saved and that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And do you know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Who is the Lamb? Jesus. You've received Jesus, then your name is written in heaven, and it can never be erased. Now, the good news is you don't have to worry when, where your final destination will be. Just as long as you believe in what Jesus did for you on that cross, and you have received him as your personal savior, it, then we are safe, and then we are totally secure for all eternity, forever and forever and forever. And let me read this final verse, the book of Revelation. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude, you can include yourself in this group if you're saved, that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language. See, God doesn't discriminate. He loves everybody. And every tribe, every tongue, every nation will be represented in heaven. From every nation, every tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, and we'll be worshiping the Lamb. They were wearing white robes, and you don't even have to wash them. <laughs> there's no dirt in heaven <laughs> they were wearing white robes and what were they doing listen and were holding palm branches in their hands we're going to be holding palm branches in our hands and waving them before the king of kings and the lord of lords and it makes me wonder how many people that were there on that first Palm Sunday, that were waving palm branches in their hands to greet Jesus 2,000 years ago, will be waving them there in his kingdom. I wonder, how about you? How about you? Will you be there? Will you be there? Let's close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word precious to us we can rely on it it's absolutely true prophecies from the old testament even the prophets didn't know or understand have come true have taken place and some yet to happen and we have a wonderful future ahead of us help us to dedicate ourselves to you knowing that one day we'll meet you face to face we have a wonderful future the best is yet to come. And there may be somebody listening to this message. And when I ask that question, are you going to heaven or the other place? Well, if you're unsaved and you don't know Jesus as your savior, then you are on the broad road that leads to destruction. But the good news is, if you receive Jesus, you believe and you know for a fact that you're a sinner that you have sinned, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you believe di Jesus died on that cross and shed his blood to pay the penalty for you so you wouldn't have to be punished for your sins, if you believe that, you believe that he died, 
you believe that he was buried, you believe in your heart that he rose again from the dead and is alive, you believe that, then tell somebody you believe it, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead and then call upon his name to save you and he will and you'll never be the same and your name would be instantly written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Colerain for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Colerain, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.